The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. All right, welcome someone standing next to you, to your left, to your right. You can be seated. Hallelujah. How was your week or how has your week been so far? Has God been good to you? Are you still looking out for more and more of Jesus? And as he reveals things for you, to you and as he teaches you things, are you consciously taking steps? Taking steps, taking steps. The more of Jesus we know. Jesus, the, um, the word Jesus and the word knowledge, they are very familiar words to any church-going believer. And I think one of the worst things you can do for yourself is to think you already know all that you need to know. Or you get too familiar with Jesus. Jesus, I've been born again for 20 years. I've been serving God for 20 years. Well, if you've really been walking in the light of who Jesus is and who God is, one of the things you will discover is the more you find out about God, the more you realize there's more to find out. In fact, if you're not careful, you can be a bit discouraging. <laughs> you'll just be seeing greater depths of God. Or you'll be uncovering more areas you need to grow in. And I think some Christians sometimes find problem with that. God is not someone that you can exhaust his knowledge. Paul said, oh, the depths of the riches and the knowledge of God. He said it's unsearchable. So it's not like God has 100 meters and when you cover 50 meters, hey, praise God, I only have 50 meters left. No, with God, when you cover 50, liter, 50 meters, you will now find another 5,000 meters that you did not see when you were on meter zero, thinking God was only 100 meters. Then when you get to 100 meters, you will now see another 10,000 meters you didn't see. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you, you have to keep learning and keep growing. And let me tell you something. For you to really experience that, you must have a heart that is open to learn open to learn and when God begins to show you new thoughts has anybody has God shown anybody new thoughts in church in recent weeks can I get a witness all right when God begins to tell you certain new things that maybe you are not too familiar with or maybe you've known but quite honestly you have not practiced or explored as you ought you now need to by the grace just begin to take steps Praise the Lord. So let's talk about love again today. So we, we, we are titling this Wednesday teachings, Knowing Love. And we studied something powerful last week. Apostle John said, we have known and believed the love. In that text, we studied 1 John 4, 16. And we pointed out three things he mentioned there that will help us in our love work. Well, number one, you need to know the love. That means revelation. You need to keep Believing God and studying the word and meditating on the word for God to open your eyes to love. Then you need to believe what you are discovering. It's not enough to just have revelation. 
Sometimes people's, the eyes of people's understanding is actually enlightened, but they don't mix what they had with faith. Like the book of Hebrews told us about the children of Israel. So the revelation that came or the gospel that was preached did not profit them. Not that they didn't get a revelation. They just didn't believe the revelation. We have known and believed. Praise the Lord. And as we pointed out last week, even those two are not enough. According to that text, John now added the third one, abide in it. King's word, some things will not show up until year 20. If you don't abide for year 20, you will not get a cathedral in Chicago. It will not come in year 10. It will not come in year 15. So there's a place of abiding, not forsaking. Abiding. As the revelation comes and as you are responding in faith, you must always stay. You abide in the vine. And the vine is the vine of love. Hallelujah. And that's why we are studying it. I want to share something. I just let me, let me start with this statement tonight about love. Still just knowing love. And I, I want you to catch this and try and just catch it afresh. It, it really came very fresh and powerful to my spirit as I was praying. Love is miraculous. Love is miraculous. And what I would like us to learn or study or look into tonight is operating in the miracle power of love. Love is miraculous. Pastor T, what do you mean? I mean where and when the love of God is flowing and operating as it ought, there will be miracles. There will be signs and wonders. Somebody say with me tonight, love is miraculous. Hallelujah. Now, God is love. Can I ask you a question? Is God miraculous? Jesus was the full expression of the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3, 16. Were there miracle signs and wonders in the life or ministry of Jesus? Yes. Praise God. And you and I are now children of love. First John chapter 3, the Bible says, Beloved, um, Behold, what manner of love God has bestowed on us? Romans chapter 5 says, The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. God loves us. He has given us his love. We are to abide in that love. And I'm telling you, church, if we will function and operate in the love of God, we will see miracle signs and wonders like we've never experienced them before. Personally in your life and collectively in our midst as a church family. Why? The love of God is miraculous. That's one thing you should know about the love of God. In fact, let me even say it to you this way. Love is a miracle. Love is a miracle. Where love is, where, where the love of God is received, there will be a miracle. Nobody comes to Jesus, praise God, and embraces the love sacrifice Jesus made on the cross and did not go back with a miracle. It's either you did not come or you did not come. Because the moment you came, instantly your spirit man gets transformed. And the greatest of all miracles takes place, you get born again. When you touch love, or you contact love, or you receive love, or you experience love, there will always be a miracle. Hallelujah. Love 
is miraculous. Hallelujah. We see that a lot in the ministry of Jesus. We see that a lot in the ministry. Look at Mark 9.35. I love the title in my Bible, The Compassion of Jesus. You, that, that's the word they usually used in the Gospels, compassion. So that, that, that compassion was the love of God being stirred up in him. And if you're familiar with that text, the Bible said Jesus went everywhere preaching, teaching, and proclaiming the good news and healing every sickness. Somebody say miracles. Healing every sickness and every disease, verse 39, among the people. But when he saw the multitude, watch this, he was moved with compassion. It was that compassion that moved him that triggered the miraculous ministry and also the healing miraculous ministry that we saw. That compassion in his heart. And when he responded to the compassion... That was stirred in his heart. The Bible said he saw the people. Look at verse 36. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, they were scattered, they were like sheep not having shepherd. Hallelujah. When he saw people that were going through difficulties and compassion was stirred in his heart. Love was quickened in his heart. And he responded. You know, it's possible he may not have responded. <laughs> but he responded. That love or that compassion triggered miracles. Glory be to God. That was in the case of a crowd. Look at the story of an individual. And, and there are several stories. We don't even have to look. There was a day, I, I believe also in Mark chapter 1, after the Sermon on the Mount. The Bible said as he was coming down the mountain. There was a, a leper. I said, if you will, you can make me clean. And the Bible said Jesus was moved with compassion. And Jesus touched him. Glory be to God. I said, be thou made whole. And instantly he was made whole. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 1 from verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down on him, saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 41. Jesus moved with compassion. Stretched out his hand and touched him. Hallelujah. It always triggers miracles. And I believe that's a big lesson for us. In this, our study of knowing Jesus. And of course, Jesus is love, knowing love. We should know. We should be conscious. And we should be reminded that love is miraculous. Now, I don't know anybody that is not interested in miracles. Talk to me, somebody. Would you like to have miracles as we wrap up the first half of 2018? Miracles you've not had before. Talk to me, church. Are you interested? Would you like to have a testimony of by this time tomorrow? God has parted a red sea in your life. God has brought down a Jericho wall in your life. God has taken you from prison to palace in your life. God has cleansed your leprosy. Hallelujah. Love is miraculous. I think as Christians, remember what, I, what, what we are really talking about, is the message on Sunday and Wednesday are more or less the same thing. Wednesday we just go a little deeper. It's not enough for us to read these things about Jesus and stop there. 
we should go further in learning his examples because they were examples. They were examples. When you study the life and ministry of Jesus, oh, he was the Christ. He was the Savior. He was the Messiah. He was the miracle worker, the healer. And you can look at all that and tell yourself, I am not that. I am definitely not the Messiah. I'm definitely not the savior of the whole world. I'm definitely not the one that does instant miracles that um, lepers see me, I'm driving down Kurudu or Jota, and I see someone, you know, all these people that they, they hang on the road and you're just begging for money. I mean, if it was Jesus, Jesus would just be touching them and be, if they had faith. Oh. <laughs> and by the time they're here, he has done the one in Lekki and the one in Nicole, and Jesus is passing by. Then we should we shout, who would have faith? Praise God. And that is okay if you don't see yourself in that category. And quite honestly, there's nobody like that. There's nobody like that. So in a sense, Jesus is in a class of himself as the Messiah. And some of these outstanding things we read, nobody has done the kind of ministry Jesus did in three and a half years. Nobody. Not at that level. So in a sense... He is in a class all by himself. And in that regard, he was our substitute. The things we could not do for ourselves or by ourselves or in ourselves, he did it for us. But in being that substitute, he was also exemplary. Exemplary. In other words, he was an example for us. He became flesh like you and I became flesh. Jesus ate like you eat. He slept like you slept. He went to the restroom like you go to the restroom. He took a bath like you take a bath. He lived like a man. In fact, one of the names he loved to refer to himself about was the son of man. Identifying with our humanity. And in that regard, many of the things he did, he was laying an example for us. Glory be to God. So we will read texts like this in the scripture, particularly in the New Testament. Again, they, they start calling them Christians from the book of Acts in the New Testament. And that wasn't just a name that came. No, it was a name connected to Christ. These are people that have chosen to be discipled. To follow the example. They are not the Christ. They are not the savior or the healer of the whole world. But they have found certain behavioral patterns that were in Christ. That they have chosen to embody. And to live by. And they are living it to such an... Um, a, such an obvious degree that makes them stand out from other people, so they start calling them Christians. And that's what we are studying. That is the dimension of knowing Jesus that we want to know. That you have seen him as he is in his exemplary form. I really want to focus on that. His exemplary, and you are now um, um, imbibing those examples embracing them in your own personal life and as a church in our corporate life that they will see Jesus in us. Look at your neighbor and prophesy over him. May they see Jesus in you. 
And this is one of the challenges of the body of Christ today. In fact, there are some people that accuse the church of not looking like Jesus. And in some cases, there are reasons for people to do that. So look at this text with me, 1 John 3, 14, because of time. I want to cover some, some ground tonight. Watch what John said. And we established last week that God is love. Jesus is love. So you read things like this, particularly in the New Testament. The things that they said God is, and they said Jesus is. They will not say Christians, you too be it. That's amazing. That's amazing. 1 John 3, 14. We know, and many of these, particularly in the epistles of John, John was always talking about the knowledge. You, you need to come to a place, this way, knowing Jesus. This is what we are saying. The, 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 you, you, you are not the Christ. You may not be able to touch blind lepers um, and cause them to just get it instantly. We understand that one. But you should also have revelation that there are some things Jesus has that as he is, so are you right now. Just like he came down and took off his flesh and he ate just like you eat and slept just like you are the same. The way he, he identified with your humanity, if you are now born again, there are certain qualities of his divinity that you can also identify with. And that takes revelation. And that's the revelation we need to have. Praise the Lord. We know. Somebody say, I know. We know that we are passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Amazing text. Praise God. So what this text and a lot of John's epistles, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, talks about this subject of love that God is. And he's now telling you and I, you too can walk in love. Or you too are love like Christ is love. And you ought to love like Christ loved. And that's what he's saying here. And watch what he's saying. When you begin to love the brethren, praise God, other people, a good place to start is your church. When you begin to love the brethren, you pass from death to life. We can say it this way. You pass from sickness to health. You pass from poverty to prosperity. From, from failure to success. From shame and reproach to glory and honor. You, you begin to operate in the class that God operates in. The things that plague people that don't have these expressions and manifestations of divinity like Christ had, they will not be able to plague you because what Christ had in his divinity, love, that made him ride above death, you will also be walking in that realm. That's what we need to know about him. Praise the Lord. Are you with me tonight? Like we said on Sunday, the revelation of Jesus is given among several other things so that you can be like him. And we are talking about this kind of revelation. That just as he is loved and loved people, you and I can love the brethren. And it comes with benefits. Glory be to God. Now, the main thing are not the benefits. I'm stressing that a lot on Sunday because I think that's one of the problems we're having in church. 
We are getting blindsided with or because of the benefits. Nothing wrong with the benefits. And one of the reasons why we get blindsided is because we need those benefits. How many people would love to pass from death to life here? Of course, we need that benefit. Who wants to die before their time? How many people would love to pass from sickness to health here? We need those benefits. But we should understand that the cocoa of the matter is the revelation we need to have. Glory be to God. In this context here, the knowledge of love. Praise God. Are you still with me? I want us to quickly look at this text. Just this like a sidebar because of where we are going. Proverbs 18.21, if we have that settled. Like Jesus loved, you and I can love. Technically, like Jesus is love, you and I are love. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And that love is miraculous. Hallelujah. If I want to enjoy more miracles... If I want to see more miracles, and by the way, all that should see be a by the way thing, but we should know that. If I want to manifest more miracles, I should seriously consider walking in love. Ah, Pastor, I'm already walking in love. Consider walking in love deeper. Consider walking in love more. Consider praying and asking and seeking God for more revelation of love. Praise God. So that you can be like him more. And I guarantee you, there will be this manifestation in our lives. Watch what Proverbs 21 says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. Someone say this with me. There's power in my tongue. Now, it's important to know that that power can be used positively and negatively. That's what the text is revealing. Of course, we are interested in the positive path. Amen. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat it, the fruits thereof. The Amplified gives it, um, it makes it a bit clearer. Let, let's read that in the Amplified. Death and life and the power of the tongue and those that love it and indulge it. They, they, they love the power of the tongue. And he, he, Amplified goes on to describe what it means by the power of the tongue. Let me finish reading the verse in Amplified. Those that love it and indulge it will eat its fruits and bear the consequences of their words. So that defines what it means by the power of the tongue. It's not saying there's electricity in your tongue. <laughs> Hello? He's saying the words. Somebody say the words. That my tongues form or that come out of my mouth, that my lips make. The words that I carry in my mouth, they are full of power. Hallelujah. And if I will indulge in it or love it or apply it I will enjoy the consequences again good or bad but of course for us good can I hear loud amen? amen so just like we can have someone use their words to ruin their life that will never be your story in Jesus name you and I can use our tongue praise God to make our life you and I, and I want to pair this up with what John said in 1 John 3, 14, because we are talking about passing from death to life. John said when we love the brethren, there's a way you can use your words, your mouth, your tongue, your lips to love your brethren. Hallelujah. And you will have positive consequences in your life down the road. Can I hear loud, amen? amen. 
Glory be to God. We will bear the consequences or eat the fruit thereof. And I decree there will be positive fruits for you and I in the name of Jesus. Using our mouth, praise God, using our tongue to love the brethren. And I've come to realize that's one of the most dominant things Jesus did. And while you are not the Messiah, while you are not the Savior of the world, and why you may not be able to come down a mountain and touch a leper and instantly his leprosy is cleansed. This one you can do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So this is not part of those things that are in the, the category of Jesus all by himself. There are some things in that category, my brother, my sister. But there are some things that every Christian... That knows, hallelujah, that knows him and understands him and is open to learn him and walk with him. You can do that as well. Jesus used his mouth to love people. And he brought them from death to life. And every one of us here can do the same. Jesus used his mouth to heal people. To deliver people. Praise God. He loved it. That sermon on the mountains was a, a solid, we don't know how many hours, that one, but it was, it was there for a while. Three chapters of teaching in the Bible. And it's always summarized in the Bible. Thought, 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 thought. And they were amazed at the power and everything. And that, that must have been what stead faith in that leper. If you will, you will make me cleansed, be healed. Now, you may not be, be yeah, Pastor Timmy, I don't touch lepers and I get you. Okay, I grant you that. I grant you that. But I want you to know, like Jesus loved humanity, you can love the brethren. Praise the Lord. You can't dodge that one. And like Jesus used this mouth, praise God, to speak life to people. He, he, he recognized the power in his words. Praise God. Are <laughs> you stay with me tonight? I think that's where many of us need to start. Say with me, there's power in my words. I can't hear you. Say it again. There's power in my words. Say with me, my words are not empty words. There's power in my words. There's power on my tongue. There's power in my mouth. And I can use it to love the brethren. And that's what I want to stay with tonight. There's a way you can use your tongue to love yourself. Love your husband. Love your wife. Love your children. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not Christ-like. That's not the example that Jesus brought. That's not the example of love that Jesus taught us. And I'm not saying you should not do that. I'm saying you should see to it that you are doing this. Of using your words, your mouth, your lips to love other people. As a life. As the person you are. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Stay with me. It's going to get good for you. I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this. If you can just open your heart and receive what we are saying. And I'm not even saying you're not doing it at all. I'm saying you can go on a deeper level. It's, it's, it's one of the ways that they describe Jesus. I, I gave you three things on Sunday that, and I, 
as, as I've been praying, I think God is going to have me stay with just those three, three things. Three things we can see that Jesus is. Yes, he was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the healer of everyone. All those things, those depths that are so divine that the average human being doesn't walk in per se, which we can grant everybody. But we should remember that he came down to our level and there are some divine things he brought down to our level that everybody that is interested can walk in. Those were the exemplary part of him that we should know more and more, hallelujah, and walk in and make our focus, not the things we want him to give us. And the good news is that if we make that our focus, these things will be added unto us. Oh, praise the Lord. We just need to shift in our mindsets and be transformed from within. Just being like Jesus. How? Pastor, how can you be like Jesus? One thing, like I said on Sunday, so three things. One, he was a soul winner. You can be a soul winner too. But there's a problem if you're not a soul winner. Number two, he was an intercessor. And number three was a generous giver. Is that number two I want to focus on tonight? That's one way you can use your mouth to speak life for the benefit of others. One way you can use your lips, your tongue, to love the brethren. Intercessor. Hebrews chapter 7.25. If you are still here, shout a loud hallelujah. Talking about Jesus. Watch this very closely. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. That is that in a class by himself. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can save. Pastor T cannot save anybody. Talk less of saving to the uttermost. You cannot save anybody. Yes, that's the class of Jesus. But watch how he does it. Watch how, and, and this, this, as I study this thing, this is what I see. They will tell us about that only that realm that is in a class by his own. And they will now give us things that brought him into that realm. And why we can't be the Christ, why you and I cannot be the one that can save to the uttermost, only Jesus can do that. But the things Jesus did or does that makes him the Christ, the believers, the Christians can also do it at least to an appreciable level. He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is the intercessor, our intercessor. And yes, you can't save anybody, but bless God like Jesus, you can intercede for people. Oh, hallelujah. And that's what you need to see about him. Oh, you are not the one sitting on the cloud that John saw in heaven. You are not the one with a crown of gold on your head that John saw in heaven. You are not the one with the sharp sickle in your hand, reaping the harvest of the earth. Yes, that is Jesus. Beautiful. And he's the only one that is in that realm. But bless God, in your little community where you live, your little office where you walk, around your church, you can intercede for people to be saved. You can invite them to church. And you can reap them for Christ. That's what we need to see about Jesus. The things he has, the divine things, the love things. On Wednesdays, we want to focus on that love dimension. That he has now made possible for his disciples. 
The Christians, the ones that claim they follow him, particularly those ones that come to church on Wednesday night for midweek service, <laughs> that you can also do. Just following his example. How can I love the brethren? Be an intercessor. I told you on Sunday, I was praying last weekend. God told me, particularly your leaders, tell them to be intercessors. Everybody here can be an intercessor, like Jesus is. And I'm telling you, to the degree you are not an intercessor, it's a pointer to the degree of how much of Christ you know, or how much of Christ has been revealed to you. Because when Christ becomes revealed to you as an intercessor, the revelation of Christ is so that you can be like him. You will also want to be an intercessor. He is an intercessor. Let, let me tell you some other things interesting. Romans 8.34, look at this, talking about him as well. Who, will, who, who is it that now condemns us? It is Christ that died for us, so nobody can condemn us. If you have problems with the way I'm living, go and meet Jesus. Jesus saw me the way I am and he died for me. If you have problems with the way I am, go and meet Jesus. You can't condemn me. Say with me, there's now no condemnation for me. Ah, I can't hear you tonight. Say, there's now no condemnation for me. You don't have to be perfect in order not to be condemned. You just need to receive Christ. Can I hear a loud amen? Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died. And Christ saw that I was a sinner when he died for me. He saw that I was weak in certain areas when he died for me. He didn't say, Pastor T, until you start praying and interceding 20 hours a day like I want you to. I'm not going to die for you all. Go and start developing your intercessory ministry to that level. Then after you have gotten there, come and I will save you. No. Let me stress that here. These things I'm teaching you to be and to do. I'm not saying you need to do them or be them before Jesus accepts you. Can I hear a loud amen? I'm saying if your revelation of Jesus matures and improves, which will be your goal, you will want to be these things. I'm just shining a light. And I'm sure you will have a witness in your spirit. It is Christ that died. Furthermore, who is also risen. So he just didn't die for us, he rose up for us to enforce what he has obtained for us when we believe it and receive it. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercessions for us. Hallelujah. He died for us, he rose up for us, and now he's at the right hand of God praying for us. Hallelujah. You can't die for me or for anybody else. And you can't be resurrected like he was resurrected. And you don't have to do that. But bless God. <laughs> Look at me, church. As he's interceding at the right hand of God, where you are on the earth right now, you too can be interceding. He's interceding for us, all of us, the brethren. You and I should intercede for other brethren. Following his example. Following the example. The examples that he has made available for humanity to follow. Embracing it through revelation. And just making it our goal in life to be like him more and more. Glory be to God. Not only is Christ interceding for us. Romans 8 again, look at verse 26. The Holy Ghost is also interceding for us. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Amazing. This is why it's good to pray in the Spirit. Because you are praying what the Holy Ghost is praying for you. And from experience, I believe that makes you to come to pass quicker in your life. Makes it come to pass. He, the, the Holy Ghost makes a decision for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Verse 27. Now, he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints. Christ makes intercession for the saints. The Holy Ghost makes intercession for the saints. I believe they are trying to tell us something here. This interceding for the saints thing is more important than you are looking at it. Maybe it's more important that we have than we are, how we have understood it. Why would he die and resurrect and at the right hand of the Father, they didn't say he's teaching us, oh, teaching is beautiful. They didn't say he's doing miracles for us, doing miracles is beautiful. Of all the things he could be doing for us, forever live it to make it as it's that he's interceding for us. Maybe it's more important than you and I have thought it is. Then, when he now sent his spirit, glory be to God, to come and dwell in us forever. One of the main things they said that spirit is doing is that he's interceding for us. He is our intercessor. He is our intercessor. And you know the beautiful thing about intercessory prayer? We're going to get that in a minute. But of all the other prayers, is the one you can pray for other people. We'll see that in a minute. Hallelujah. Let's go deeper here. Isaiah 53. So we are going into the prophets now. Isaiah saw the prophecy of the Christ. And you need to study Isaiah 53. Verse 1. Who has believed our report? Whom has the hand of the Lord been received? Talking about how Jesus took our infirmities and carried our disease. I wish we had time to do that. But we don't. Verse 11. He shall seize the labor of his soul. I love that phrase. And I believe he's talking about intercession here. It's the labor of the soul. It's not the labor of your hands. Thank God for the labor of your hands. It's the labor of your soul. And the soul here is really not mind, will, and emotions. It's your heart, your spirit. The labor of his soul. And be satisfied by knowledge. Hallelujah. My righteous servant will justify many. His life was always about the others, many. Those that will accept his salvation. He's still preparing us for where he's going. That intercessory dimension, that just standing for other people's benefits. Oh, hallelujah. Are you still here? By knowledge of my servant, and notice they said he, he, he came into this standing for others, um, doing things for others through revelation. Maybe there's something about praying for other people that we have not tapped into, that we ought to tap into. He shall bear their iniquities. Verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion. Glory be to God. Among those that are great, I will divide him a spoiler among the strong because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors. So that's talking about the sacrifice that Jesus made. He died for us on the cross. He went to hell on our behalf. And he bore the sin of many. He bore our sin. But what the last thing? And he made intercession for the transgressors. 
So part of the prophetic dimension of Christ that Isaiah saw was that he made intercessions. Say with me, Christ is our intercessor. Laying an example. Come on, talk to me. Laying an example that I can follow. Now, if you look at all the other things there, you are not going to justify many and you're not going to bear the iniquity of anybody. Only Jesus can do that one. Praise God. You are not going to pour your soul onto death for anybody. Your blood is not pure enough. Only Jesus can do that one. Are you still here with me? You are not going to be numbered among transgressors. You are not going to hell for anybody. Only Jesus can do that one. Praise God. You are not going to bear the sin of many. Hallelujah. But bless God. Of all this prophetic dimension of Christ's ministry for humanity, the one you and I can do, praise God, is this intercessory dimension. This intercessory dimension. And it's an expression, probably one of the highest expressions of love for the brethren. Praying for other people, opening your mouth from the depths of your heart. Praying for other people because there's power in your mouth. Ezekiel saw a similar vision. Let's go to that one. Ezekiel chapter 22. The verse I want is verse 30, but I think I want to read a couple of verses around it. Ezekiel 22. Ask your neighbor, where is your Bible? Don't answer for him or... Let him examine himself and answer for his own life. But ask the other neighbor to, where is your Bible? Then let me tell both of them, if you didn't come to the Bible, look at the screen. Look at the screen. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 22. Let's start from verse 23 because of time. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to Ah, and this is describing the state of the nation. The nation Israel, in their backsliding states. You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. This conspiracy of our prophets in our midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. Prophets that are supposed to be a blessing to the people, they are tearing the people. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in their midst. The prophets made widows. It was a bleak dark spiritual states that they were in. And time will fail us. I need to close shortly because I have a few other things I want to share. God was just, they were in a very bad state as a nation. Hallelujah. Go to verse 29. The people of the land have used oppressions. So there were people oppressing others. I mean, I mean we can look at other parts of the world and we see things like this happening. Committed robbery mistreated the poor and the needy and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. Dark states, dark spiritual states that has brought about adverse natural circumstances upon the nation. And verse 30, God now told them, I sought for a man. A man. Not ten men. Not a hundred man, men. One man. And notice he's not saying, I had sought for the Christ. Any man. And that refers to any woman. Praise God. 
I sought for a man among them, not from another land, though. Among them in that land where the spiritual state was terrible. Among them in that land where because of the backsliding spiritual state, things have gone awry, physically and naturally. Among them that would make a wall. Hallelujah. That's a hedge of protection. I think James even says a hedge. And stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, the entire land. One man that will stand in the gap for the entire land. One man. Tap your neighbor and tell him, ah, there's power in your mouth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God said that I, that I should not destroy it. So the man that was saying that, but, but he said, verse 31, therefore, uh, sorry, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I found none. I pray that this church will not be that kind of a church in the name of Jesus. Amen. So God could look for an intercessor. That tells us God looks for intercessors. That tells us God needs intercessors. The, the scripture we read told us that was a prominent part of the saving ministry of Jesus, the intercessory part. And of all the things that list for us, in his ministry, is the one, that's the one we can participate in. We can't shed our blood for our brothers. But we can pray for them. He sought, but he didn't find any. Verse 31, look at the consequences of him not finding an intercessor. Where there is need. It's also important to note, I want to point this out. Of all, God didn't say, I need a miracle worker. God didn't say, I need a fine teacher. God didn't say, I need a mighty businessman. The situation was dark and bleak. What God needed was what? Hallelujah. Please preach this to anybody beside you. Say, when it is dark and bleak. When it is tough and rough. We need intercessors. Say, this church needs intercessors. This nation. Does anybody understand that this Nigerian needs intercessors? Now look at anybody and say, you can be that person. Because it's a man they need. <laughs> it's a man they need. Go back to Isaiah. Let, let, let's study something. Isaiah had a similar vision. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59. I, I will read from verse 15 because of time. But again, you can read the entire chapter. The same similar vision to what Ezekiel saw. Verse 15. So truth fails. Telling the truth now will get you into trouble. It, it, it got that bad in the land then. And he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. If you are that guy in the office that you say, I'm not going to take bribe. I'm not going to tell lies. I'm not going to cook the books. You now become a prey. They target you and they want to destroy you. The, the, the nation had gone upside down. Crazy. Then the Lord saw it. God saw that ugly, dark state of the nation. Again, if you read the old chapter in Isaiah 59, just like what Ezekiel saw, it started from their backward spiritual state, but it spilled over into the economy, into the social fabric, into the family. That's how sin always operates. But every time it gets like that, watch what God always looks for. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him. God wasn't happy with the state of the nation. It displeased him that there was no justice. People could not get justice. When things go wrong, when they are robbed, when their rights are violated, they, they, they couldn't get justice. Verse 16, he saw that there was no man. And he wondered. 
that there was no intercessor. Ah, ah. Now, this goes a bit further than what Ezekiel saw. They now told us the intent of God. These people that dumb, when things go that bad, look at me, church. When things go that ugly, somebody should be wise enough to start praying for the other brethren. He wondered. It's it shocked. It's like the story they told when Jesus went to his hometown. And they said he marveled at their unbelief. He wondered, why, why isn't there an intercessor in this kind of church? Why isn't there an intercessor in this family? Why isn't there an intercessor in this nation? Why isn't there an intercessor in this generation? And what happened here? Watch this. Watch this carefully. He saw there was no man, verse 16, Isaiah 59. There was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to him, for him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. So here, he responded by sending Jesus to be the intercessor. If you read the story, you see that they now said prophesying about Jesus. But again, praise God. God wants you and I, or you and I can be like that. We can follow that dimension of Jesus. So this is what Apostle Paul taught us in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1. I love the title in my Bible, Pray for All Men. Tap two people around you. In fact, let everybody near your rose know it. Around you say it. Pray for all men. 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 Tap them again and say, love the brethren. Let's, let's, let's come to what we are teaching. Lo, lo, love the brethren. Love, love, love. Love the brethren. Tell them again, there's power in your mouth. There's power in your mouth. There's power in your mouth. That power can be released in the place of intercessory prayer. Of course, you can also release it by confessing the word and all that. I'm not, but that's not what I'm focusing on tonight. Therefore, I exhort first of all, watch this, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, those are four kinds of prayers there. But you will notice the only one you can do for other people. You see, you can supplicate for yourself and supplicate for other people. Because here, it wasn't telling you to pray for yourself. You can generally pray for all men and pray for other people. However, you can't intercede for yourself. Praise God. There's no, ah, pastor, what are you doing? I'm interceding for myself. No, that's not intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is something you do, praise the Lord, for other people. You can give thanks for yourself. We have Thanksgiving Sunday coming in two weeks time or thereabouts and most of the time we are thanking God for others. But you can also give thanks for other people. So not only did he put intercessory prayer, he said all the other prayers that normally you will do for yourself. Paul was charging us to be intercessors here. He didn't say thanks, thanks for all men. Then he said for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Side benefits, but very, very important. When we embrace this dimension of Christ, that we can. There are many of Jesus' dimensions that you can't. All men can't. But this one, glory be to God. All of us can. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. I came tonight, and I believe sent by God 
show these things by God to challenge everyone in this church, particularly the pastors and the leaders. Let me show you three ways God told me to tell you that you should intercede. Number one, intercede for those. Let's start with the church. Focus, start your ministry. You can go beyond the church, obviously. Paul said you should pray beyond the church. But I want, I, I want God to raise an army of intercessors in your church. That is who I am. If they knew me as they ought. See, you, know, you know why we don't intercede for that people? We've not known Jesus as he is. I'm going to get into that a lot on Sunday. You know those prayer books and teaching Jesus thoughts that he said, depart from me, you don't know me. Now, I'm not telling us that Jesus is going to send us to hell like he sent those people. Because obviously they were an extreme case. But the same principle applies. Those people were doing what they were doing or not doing what they were supposed to do because of a lack of revelation of the Jesus they claimed they knew. In the same vein, in the same vein, when we have Christians, no, scratch Christians, when we have directors of operations <laughs> of churches not doing or living, and you know by the time, I just didn't use you because I didn't want to start feeling bad. But if I'm talking to me, you, you understand where I'm going. <laughs> it's like priests, like sheep, like sheep, <laughs> like shepherd, like so, but so that not just not to get on your nerves. The way Jumoka is looking, if I mention her name now, she may not like it. So when we have directors of operations <laughs> or pastors, it's the same thing. Those people here, they had the first class behavior. We, we look at them a bit, hopefully on Sunday. Your own man, it does not be but it's, it's the same spirit. Where we have Christians that are not soul winners, that are not intercessors, that are not generous givers, they have not known their master like they ought. And this thing is in levels. What do I mean by that? You can be a better intercessor to, tomorrow or today than you were yesterday. Before you say, ah, me, I'm already interceding. I'm ready. Yeah, I know you are ready to sit in, but that's not what we are talking about here. Praise God. So, first category of people you should learn to intercede for, intercede for people that are still going through what you have already overcome. This should be the easiest. If you used to be sick or plagued with sickness, and there are still people, God has not helped you, you have overcome. In fact, your faith will be very strong in that area. You should have the compassion of Jesus for those people that are going through what you, if anybody understands their pain, it should be you. If you used to be childless or barren and there are now people around you that are child, you, you, if anybody doesn't understand, you will understand. It's a good place to start interceding for the brethren from. And what are you doing? You are loving the brethren. Passing them from death to life, and in the same vein, passing yourself more and more from death to life. If you used to be plagued with financial difficulties, you look back at your life five years ago, ten years ago, hey, to pay rent or to feed was a problem, but now God has helped me. You should be interceding for people that are going through financial difficulties now. He saw them like sheep without shepherd, tossed to and fro. He wasn't tossed to and fro. But the people he was ministering, why he interceded for them? He was the spotless, righteous, 
guiltless child of God. All of us were sinners. He interceded for us. Intercede for those that are still going through what you have already overcome. Let me tell you one obvious benefit that it will do for you. Listen to me. In case you've not learned it, and if you, if you couldn't see it, not it will establish you in that your victory. May you never be that guy that had money five years ago and is broke today. Say it louder, amen, if that's what I'm saying. This is one secret. Intercede for people that are still plagued with the challenges God has helped you to overcome. You will have more, it will even be so easy for you to have compassion for them. Number two, learn to intercede for people that are challenged just as you are. Now, this one is more difficult, but if you can grab it, if you can grab it, it will transform your life. So you are looking for a job. From time to time, I'm not saying you should not pray for your own job. But from time to time, pray for other people that are looking for a job as well. Praise God. You don't have to be out of problems before you intercede for other people. That was what, how God delivered Job. Job was still in the middle of his mess. When God told him, pray for your friends. And I'm sure his friends were in a better position than him. But obviously they were in trouble as well. Because God would not have told, them to, told him to pray for them. Pray for all that. You are, you are looking for a fruit of the womb from time to time. Have seasons where it's not about me, Jesus. Lord, in our church family or in my extended family, I, I pray and mention the people that you know. I pray for those people that have been. I, I just pray as if you, 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 you've had all the children you had, you wanted to have. There's power in your mouth. Though. You just need to know how to use it. I'm teaching you how to use it. Intercession is one of the most powerful ways to use the power in your mouth. Why? It is love. And of these three, faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. It's so powerful, it's the only kind of prayer that they listed in the Messianic ministry of Jesus. And it's so amazing, of all the Messianic ministries of Jesus listed in the scriptures, it's the only one we can do. Why are we not doing it? I will tell you why. Lack of wisdom. Lack of revelation. By knowledge, my servant will deliver. Knowledge, it takes revelation. We should be tireless intercessors. God told me, if your church will rise to another level of intercession, this season, if I want to throw a challenge from today, that this season, let's pray more along these lines. Pray, don't leave your own prayers for a season. Just for a season. By the way, when you are prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and prayed I have... Ouch, so ready after eight. Start Isaiah 59. Look at the way after Isaiah. He said that God's arm is not short. God's ear is not deaf. That he can't answer your prayer and heal you. That is your iniquity. So sometimes there are things that obstruct God manifesting in our lives. When you have prayed and prayed and prayed, and served and served and served, and sold and sold and sold, everything Pastor T has taught you, and God has not moved, he should communicate to you that, ah, what's the missing key? Praise the Lord. And sometimes it's things like this. 
that naturally, spiritually, we are not tended to doing. Ah, Pastor, I've been believing God for husband. You're telling me to stop praying for my own husband. Stop praying for the other sisters in church. They'll be like, yes. Yes. Learn to pray for others challenged just as you are. And thirdly, what Paul taught us here, intercede for those in authority over you. Please pray for Pastor Tio. In fact, that one should be a no-brainer. <laughs> if I come and tell you nonsense, you won't like it too. So you better be praying for me that when I'm coming to talk, I talk sense. Because by God's grace, I'm privileged. At least you are sitting down here. I'm talking about your life. You better pray for me. Pray for your governor. Pray for your president. You may not like them. Just pray for the person in office. Praise God. The person occupying that office. Pray for, okay, you don't like Pastor T. Pray for the director of operations. Forget about the fact that it's Pastor T occupying it now. Just pray. Somebody's going to occupy that place. So. And that's what Paul was teaching us here. But please, rise on your feet. Let's close tonight. See Jesus as he is. The exemplary dimensions of Christ. Because why do you need to see it? So that you can be it. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, child of God, when you be it. Look at that text again. Let's close with it tonight. Ezekiel. Sorry. Isaiah. Isaiah 53. Benefits of your intercessory life. Verse 12. This is talking to Christ, but any intercessor talking about Christ, any child that keys in will also enjoy it. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. May God divide you a portion with the great. Yeah. Intercessory prayer will bring you there. I said, may God divide you a portion among the great. And he shall divide the spoil among the strong. May you divide the spoil among the strong. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because, among other things, he made intercession for the transgressors. Glory be to God. Did you learn something tonight? Leave those hands and give God the praise. Come on, thank him. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop. Of Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email KMI Africa at Kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.